This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, November 1st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Canada and the European Union passed a major obstacle Sunday when leaders signed off on the massive Comprehensive Economic and Trade Agreement, or CETA. But both sides still have a long way to go before the pact is ratified and takes effect. That still hasn't stopped U.S. farm groups from worrying about the impacts of that deal that would have on the U.S., Canada has always been a tough market for U.S. dairy exporters, but CETA would allow the EU to more than double shipments of cheese to Canada. It's a major concern for U.S. producers and exporters, but the deal isn't yet written in stone. Canada, all 28 EU member countries, and the European Parliament will have to ratify CETA, and that may not be an easy task. In the meantime... Canada has also signed an agreement to allow U.S. dairy exporters more access to its northern markets as a part of the 12-nation Trans-Pacific Partnership. The Obama administration still desperately wants Congress to approve TPP this year, but that seems unlikely, while opposition remains strong from both Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and, for that matter, both houses on Capitol Hill. You can read more in-depth about the dangers and benefits from CETA from the U.S. agriculture sector when AgriPulse releases its weekly newsletter that comes tomorrow morning. Cheap Chinese corn threatening U.S. sorghum exports. U.S. sorghum exports to China have been growing sharply over recent years. China now consumes more U.S. sorghum than the U.S. domestic market does. But falling prices for Chinese corn could cool off some of that trade, according to newly released report from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. In recent years, U.S. sorghum has been very attractive to southern Chinese feed producers due to its lower price compared to domestic corn and the absence of import restrictions, according to the report. It continues... As a result, feed millers and producers have become very familiar with using U.S. sorghum and incorporating it in their feed rations. This year, however, robust supplies of domestic corn and subsequent lower corn prices could impact the volume of U.S. sorghum sales. U.S. exported a record of about $2.1 billion worth of sorghum to China last year, but shipments have cooled off this year, according to FAS data. China imported just $731 million worth of the grain from January through August of this year. That's down by half from roughly $1.4 billion in the same time period last year. APHIS to allow port incineration of packaging materials to fight pests. Often it's the wooden pallets and other packaging materials called dunnage in a ship that contains dangerous pests like beetles and locusts that can threaten crops and livestock. There are complicated procedures designed to ensure the dunnage doesn't contain pests, but sometimes the threat of infestation is detected. Now, USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service is offering transportation companies a new option if the wooden pallets or other packaging material is believed to be a threat. They can have the stuff incinerated at approved facilities near ports. This action would allow APHIS and the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, or CBP, to more effectively address potential pest risk presented by the dunnage. That, according to APHIS, in an announcement yesterday. GAO asked Transportation Department to plan for West Coast ports. International trade is expanding fast with larger ships requiring massive improvements to infrastructure. The Department of Transportation needs a new plan to help develop at West Coast ports. 
according to a new study by the U.S. Government Accountability Office. Some infrastructure and operations at major West Coast ports are strained in the face of recent changes in global shipping, but port stakeholders are attempting to address the constraints according to the report. For example, as the shipping industry deploys larger vessels capable of delivering more cargo, some port terminals lack big enough cranes or other infrastructure needed to handle those vessels. An overall freight strategy is needed to improve the supply chain, according to the GAO and the Department of Transportation. Avoid another port dispute? Three Western lawmakers urging the Pacific Maritime Association, or PMA, and the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, the ILWU, to continue discussing an extension of their current contract covering 29 West Coast ports and a letter sent yesterday. The current contract does not expire until 2019, but the last prolonged contract dispute lasted a year, cost the U.S. economy about $7 billion. During the 1415 disruption at the 29 West Coast ports, growers were forced to dump spoiled produce or manufacturers delaying waiting for necessary parts, and our retailers were faced with empty shelves, the lawmakers wrote, while urging a resolution so that we can all avoid this same outcome and the repeat of those devastating stories. EPA issuing a new general permit under the Clean Water Act, allowing for the discharge of pesticides used in certain situations. The permit covers biological pesticides and chemical pesticides that leave a residue and would apply to control of mosquitoes and other flying insects, weeds and algae pest control, animal pest control, and forced canopy pest control in Idaho, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Washington, D.C., and certain other territories like Puerto Rico, as well as tribal Indian lands and federal facilities in many locations. The permit requires applicators to minimize both the amount of pesticides used and the frequency of applications in order to reduce the chances that the receiving waters will become polluted and endangered species would be harmed. According to the Federal Register notice to be published today, all decision-makers are also required to control discharges as necessary to meet applicable water quality standards and monitor for and report any adverse incidents. Well, that is Daybreak for this Tuesday, November 1st. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.